This is the Jesus Only Speaks the Truth podcast. My name is Dennis McGee Jr. Today is Friday, October the 11th, 2019. It is quickly approaching 2 o'clock in the afternoon here in the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. Uh, with me today, a very, very special guest, um, Father Daniel Arechabala, uh, a parish priest at both Queen of the Universe in Levittown, Pennsylvania, and at St. Mark's in Bristol, Pennsylvania. Um, Father joined us uh, back in the wintertime to discuss uh, a variety of topics, primarily focusing on discerning God's will and focusing on doing God's will with God's grace. And back in studio today, Father is with us. So we're going to discuss quite a few different things. kind of, I would say, the completion of that conversation. So, Father, welcome back in studio here. Really happy to have you. Thank you for the invitation, and uh, I was happy to accept. Let me jump right into it, Father. What do you think are some things that prevent us from completing God's will, from doing God's will? Well, we we certainly see in the gospel that there are different individuals who, who shy away from Jesus when he calls him. Uh, he calls them to, to follow him. And, you know, it, it's a variety of reasons. A lot of them uh, related to, to family life and homeland or material possessions. And a lot of the concerns they raised were really surrounding ultimately what I would say is, is one central fear that God is not trustworthy or that he, he somehow doesn't know about these circumstances in life. And so when we look at some of those passages and we see the response that Jesus has to these individuals, they they almost seem harsh at times. You know, the one man says, well, I'll follow you, but first let me go bury my father. And and Jesus responds, let the dead bury their dead, but you proclaim the good news. And it's not so much that our Lord um, was looking for them to completely disregard family ties or anything else, but rather to actually let go of the most poignant fear that we have and the, and the root of a lot of our earthly fears, which is the, the fear of death. And the, it's, it's kind of a dichotomy because once one confronts their death, they begin to realize that, well, perhaps, and maybe there must be a life after death. And the one who's the king of that life, both after death, is also the the king in in this world, our Lord. And so following his will is the way that we conquer that fear. And and you can see how how insidious that can be and how a dichotomy arises immediately where let's do his will. um, But there's these things holding me back. And and if I'm afraid I I might die and and things are going to happen. Yet our, our Lord is just boldly proclaiming, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection. So um, I, I think they're all related to fear. They're, they're usually related to, to family life or, or some kind of material possessions or our own egos. And those fears are something the Lord wants us to entrust to him. When we began talking about meeting today, we, were, we had the intention of also... Uh, really diving in deep to anxiety. And we just talked off air for just a a few moments before about uh, the relationship between fear and anxiety. Uh, One question I really wanted to ask you is the catalysts of anxiety. Uh, Is there a way you could kind of answer that question? What are the catalysts 
of anxiety uh, with also tying in fear and anxiety as well and how these do prevent us from pursuing God and his will? So if we want to understand fear, now mind you, I'm not a psychologist, so this isn't a professional opinion, but speaking from my own experience, I think back to the things that I was afraid of um, or even maybe continue to be afraid of and have to hand over to the Lord. There, there's usually a moment that we can point to that relates to that fear. And the, the subsequent processes, if, if we don't hand that fear over to the Lord and trust him with whatever it is, it does um, mature into an anxiety because anxiety is related to the future, not to the past. It's, it's always about, well, what am I going to do? How am I going to accomplish that? Where am I going to go? Um, all of those things can be answered by handing the underlying fear over to the Lord. I'll give you a quick example. Recently, um, my brother and his wife had their first child, the first grandchild in the family. Um, you know, closest thing that I will have to my own children in, in that sense. And it's it's what it's such a blessing, you know, to have new life, to to have that opportunity. But with a gift like that, and and really allowing our our own hearts to kind of come outside of our bodies and now be in another body and and things can happen and, and we're fragile and I remember one night I was just laying down to go to sleep and I don't remember at what point it was or where I was you know if I was in the rectory or at my parents and I, I was just thinking about my my niece and this just thought popped into my head what about sudden infant death syndrome you know they, they use that to describe infants that really die and they, and they don't know why. And I thought to myself, she could die. But then I, I, I quickly remembered, you know, from my own experiences, she can die is not a, a would be, it, it's, it's a definite, it's going to happen, we all die. It's the fact that we live twice that we often forget. And as I was thinking through it, I, I said, Lord, this niece of mine was your daughter long before she was my niece. I trust that whatever designs or plans that you have for her in her life are the best thing possible and better than anything I would, would try and make for her life because you love her more than I ever could. And by handing that over to the Lord, I can't say that I don't get afraid when she's like jumping around on the edge of a, a sofa or, you know, getting herself into like bodily danger um, because she's quite boisterous at two and a half. But I, I, I do really, you know, don't, I, that fear doesn't come back. You know, it, it's, it's almost as if a door w was flung open and then I allowed the Lord to just slowly and deliberately close it. Um, so I, I think all anxiety is related to an underlying fear and fear is often related to something that's happened to, to us personally. Um, and entrusting those things to the Lord is really the only way to overcome anxiety in that sense. There's quite a few things you've said there that I, I would like to touch on. Uh, first thing is, as you know, conversationally, I often go back to the Diary of Divine Mercy. Uh, for those, if you're listening for the very first time, if you're uh, wondering what is the Diary of Divine Mercy. From 1925 to 1938, 
Jesus appears to St. Faustina in Poland. He appears to her physically roughly about a hundred times. Wrap your head around that. Physical. Apparitions. Jesus tells St. Faustina hundreds of things through these 13 years. And everything that Jesus tells St. Faustina runs in harmony with sacred scripture. Fully approved by the Catholic Church and truly embraced by then Pope John Paul II, who of course is now St. John Paul II. So what I really want to hone in on is what's great about the diary is Jesus touches on a lot of different things that gives you a really, you get to know Jesus a lot better. So if you get to know Jesus a lot better, you're going to be, one's going to be happier. If your one is happier, you're going to be, have less anxiety. You're going to be able to trust God more. And uh, Father, I don't know if you're familiar with what Jesus says in the diary about the two things. Jesus describes the two obstacles, two greatest obstacles to holiness. And I'm just going to share with our listeners what they are. Jesus says it is discouragement, right, giving up. And secondly, and I think you just really uh, gave a, a very specific example of this, exaggerated anxiety. You know, Father talked about his, his thoughts running away about with regards to his uh, lovely niece. And exaggerating our, our thoughts run away from us. And it, Jesus is saying these are the obstacles that prevent us from growing in holiness, from doing God's will. So, Father, what I, th what I thought was magnificent about this is, you really gave the remedy for exaggerated anxiety. What is, what, is, what is the, I don't want to say necessarily the opposite, but it is, the, in fact, the good remedy. And what you said was you are going to place your trust in the Lord. And I think that's a, that, what a magnificent lesson uh, for myself and for all of us that when we are hit with exaggerated anxiety, which is going to happen, it, we're human, it is going to happen. Remember, we need to. We, we need to trust. And I think that was a great uh, example, Father, that I'm going to certainly take away from this conversation. I hope our, our listeners do too. Uh, Father, I want to talk about something that I don't think we speak enough about. And we just talked for a moment off air before we began. Um, would you please uh, discuss the relationship between spiritual warfare and anxiety? So, our Lord says very clearly that the enemy comes to steal, scatter, and destroy. And these would be, uh, you know, instances where, where fear crops up. I mean, if somebody has something stolen from them, um, if they feel that their, their family has been scattered by a divorce or a death in the family, or literally their, their house, just the wind sweeps up and smashes it. The, those instances of, of trauma or anything even less than that would be plenty to, to strike fear into somebody's heart. Can I rely on home? Is family something reliable? Can I trust other people? And unfortunately, this has a, a direct impact on our vision of who God is. Because if we can't trust somebody that we see, we're going to be very, very unlikely to trust somebody that we can't. We can see the effects of our Lord in the world. We can see that this world has an order to it. It speaks of an intelligent creator. But until Jesus becomes real for us, we can't see him. We don't really know who he is. We, we can get at different angles of who he is. And so this enemy, the, the prince of the world, as, as Jesus refers to him, is completely opposed to this plan. And his chief weapons are anxiety and discouragement. 
from fear, he can determine what we love and what we're afraid of losing and what we haven't yet entrusted to the Lord and still remains under then the prince of this world. It, it becomes a, an avenue for him to start to finagle his way deeper and deeper into our lives uh, from the, the reality of uh, essentially him getting in by, by anxiety to follow it up. He's using that wound as an open doorway to then begin to, to beat away at our, our trust in Almighty God. The family especially is a big battleground because it's there that our perceptions of authority, obedience, trust, care, protection are all formed. And if that becomes a, a really difficult place, um, then it becomes less likely for, for that individual to, to start to experience the love and care that the Lord intended. So here's the good news. The, the good news is that our Lord has given us plenty of weapons to guard against discouragement and anxiety. Um, the, the first thing that has to happen before you, you can get into any of that, though, is we, we have to believe he's real. A lot of people don't understand how Jesus can be a friend of theirs or how certain people in their lives just so easily seem to have conversations with Jesus. And I, and I know that because I've experienced it in my own life, even since being ordained a priest. It's only when I started to very fervently and consistently spend time with our Lord in the Eucharist that I began to understand how real he truly is. And what's marvelous about that, and, and it shouldn't surprise you that I say that, because when two people get married, they continue to learn things about each other over the whole of their lives. You, you could come home and have a conversation with your husband or wife, and they could tell you what happened in their day, and it might reveal something about them that you never knew. So our Lord is an infinite being. When do we expect to, to stop learning about him? Well, well we don't. That this is the essence of Christian mystery. It's attached to a person, somebody who can constantly um, unfold in front of us self-knowledge and, and say, this is who I am. Then after we're in contact with the victor of the battle, the one who has conquered death with death itself, we can start to look at his uh, weapons to guard against discouragement. So the, the, the first weapon would be his mercy. Um, another would be for us as Christians to remember our death. When we confront death, whether on the battlefield or in the kitchen, we're essentially saying that our Lord is the one who reigns not only over my life, but over the life that I have to come. And anxiety is, is not a thing of the flesh. I mean, there, we, have, we, we do have serious psychological problems, things that, that, that cause uh, chemical imbalances and, and things like that. I don't think that's the root of this epidemic that we have with anxiety. I think the root cause of this epidemic is not knowing who to trust. And if we trust other people and they fail us, which they will, then we're not going to trust God. But if we trust God first, he teaches us how to forgive those who we are supposed to trust. Forgive those who or rather break our trust. And, and he does that from the cross when it seems completely irrational. It's almost like he makes excuses. He says, 
Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Anybody looking at the historical scene would be like, they know exactly what they're doing. The Roman soldiers, they know exactly how to kill. The Jewish people have killed prophets over and over and over again. This has been historically their way. And our Lord says, no, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The words speak for themselves, but maybe you could even just say, Lord, is it, is it because they don't know who you are that you're forgiving them and saying they don't know what they do? Whatever the case, by his example and by his teaching, he shows us what to do when these breaking in of, of distrust do, uh, will and do happen. Uh, we're, we're called to forgive. One thing you said I, I really want to talk about for just a moment. You said how important it is to believe that he, meaning Jesus, is real. And I think that is such an excellent point. And that, that's something that's come to me in faith uh, through prayer. When, you know, praying to Jesus, praying to Mary. Like, for example, right now, Father, there's a bottle of water sitting across the table from us. If I ask you, Father, uh, Father, would you mind passing me that bottle of water? How certain am I that you're going to do that for me? I'm pretty much 100%. And why am I that close to 100%? Because I see you, because I know you're real. Why wouldn't you pass me that bottle of water? And I think that's a great point that you make when we believe the actual reality that Jesus is real, that Mary is real, that there, we have a conversation with him. Our faith, I think by default, it just increases. And you've said quite a few times, you've really, you've said it directly, you've made uh, you know, implications, the idea that the what overcomes or overwhelms that fear and that anxiety, which the two are really directly intertwined, is trust, is trust in God. And you've talked, you talked a lot about, about the belief that Jesus is real. And I think that is so important for us to understand that, to have that, that reality. Uh, I, want to do, I do want to cite a few different places in the Diary of Divine Mercy that I think will really reinforce a few things um, to our listeners. And that is, listen to what Jesus says here. Because the whole message today really is about not only fear and anxiety, but how to overcome them. And, and what Father is saying very clearly is trust in God, believing that God is all-powerful. Remember what Jesus says when he first resurrects in the book of St. Matthew, that he has power and authority over all things in heaven and on earth. Therefore, by definition, there's nothing that Jesus doesn't have power and authority over. So the reality is, is, is God can do anything. Granted, that request has to be in accordance with his will, but God can do anything. So the other thing is to believe that Jesus is good, that he is kind, that he is love and mercy itself. And he tells us that. There's two things I want to read from the diary real quick that I think will reinforce that point. Jesus says, Oh, how I love those souls who have complete confidence in me. I will do everything for them. Amen. And one other thing, and I think this speaks directly against anxiety. And this, I think this will be a real wake-up call for those who have never heard this, this what Jesus says in the Diary of Divine Mercy. Uh, this will be the summer of 1935. Jesus is speaking directly to St. Faustina. I want to make something real clear, too, before we get into our final question for Father. I want to make something very clearly with regards to the diaries, that Jesus makes it clear that everything written in the Diary of Divine Mercy is for all of us. And our Lord makes that clear to St. Faustina that he wants everybody to know these words are for all of us today. If you're hearing this, this is for you. 
Jesus says, why are you fearful and why do you tremble when you're united to me? I am displeased when a soul yields to vain terrors. Who will dare to touch you when you're with me? Most dear to me is the soul that strongly believes in my goodness and has complete trust in me. I heap my confidence upon it and give it all it asks. Amen. I think the two key ingredients here, the two things that we really need to focus on when Father's saying that believing Jesus is real and then believing that Jesus is all-powerful, which he tells us he is, and that he is so good. And those two things oftentimes will overwhelm any anxiety by the grace of God. Father, I want to really focus in on our, on our it's, it's kind of a two-part question here. That you, we could say it's a really our, our, our final question here for today. I want to talk about, I mean, you, you've seen a lot of things, obviously. You talk to people all the time about their issues, and you've seen success stories. You've seen people that are on the road to success, on the road to recovery, on the road uh, that are trying to get on the road to success. Is there any specific success stories that you can share with our listeners uh, that would be relevant to this conversation? So um, I, I think chiefly the, 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 the one that I have a right to share is my own. And, and we, we could certainly um, link back to, to previous, the previous podcast that we have for that. The, the abridged version is essentially that, that I was afraid to become a priest, um, even though I felt that call pretty, pretty strongly from a young age. And that through the power of the rosary, our lady just slowly moved obstacles and, and introduced me into a deeper relationship with her son. The, the other story that I'll mention, um, because, not because I have a right to, but because he, he spreads it publicly, there, there's a, a fellow who's pretty popular named Gary Zimmick. He, he's become known in some circles as the anxiety guy. Um, and he's written pretty extensively for for warriors and and he has a, a warrior's pledge and he he talks about essentially leaving his job and and a lot of other things to to go into full-time ministry preaching about this truth that the lord can and will deliver you from your anxieties and um so i'll, I'll give dennis the name again it, it's gary zimak and that's z-i-m-a-k I'm pretty sure. And so he, he's got plenty of stuff out there, books, etc. Um, and his story, I think, has a profound impact on, on people that struggle very deeply uh, with worry. But our, our Lord is, is there um, for each and every one of us. And, and we have to remember, yes, not only is he real, he's trustworthy, he's loving, but he's also in it for the the long haul. He's in it for eternity. He's not satisfied with just having people live a worry-free life. He desires that we would be faithful. So sometimes he, he does have to prod us and goad us on. He gets displeased, as it says in the diary, not because he's waiting to, to bring the hammer down on people, but because he doesn't want us to get discouraged from what lies ahead. He's like a, a good coach encouraging somebody on beyond what they thought they were capable of. And if there's one thing that's very certain about this life is that we're all gonna be pushed to that limit. The Lord is going to ask us to do more than we think we can. 
and he holds out for us a weight of glory that is immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. And that's why St. Paul talks about competing, not for a crown of, of leaves that withers and fades, but a crown that is eternal. And that eternal crown is really our salvation and anybody else that we can bring with us and drawing them closer to Jesus. The one thing you said, Father, very, very interesting with regards to uh, your personal journey. The very first thing you mentioned was Our Lady and mm -hmm. the Rosary. Um, I wrote to kind of finalize, and I was trying to make some detailed notes on what you were saying, because in, in effect, I was asking for advice uh, for anyone listening that is or knows someone that truly suffering from anxiety and that the reality that you, the very first mention you made was the rosary. Mm -hmm. And I think that was, that is it. That is a great uh, piece of advice for, for all of us to call upon our blessed mother Mary uh, for anything that we're, we're, we're experiencing. I mean, why not? And Jesus, it's one of the great gifts that Jesus has given us is his mother, our mother to intercede on our behalf and how much she loves us and how powerful she is and how much she does for us and how she does bring us closer to Jesus. Well, I'll tell you what, Father, I am so grateful that you took the time out of your busy day. You're so filled with wisdom. And I am very excited to get this message out, share it with our listeners. And folks, thank you for joining us today on another episode of Jesus Only Speaks the Truth. Again, with us today, our very special guest, Father Daniel Arechabal. My name is Dennis McGee Jr. Thank you for listening to the Jesus Only Speaks the Truth podcast.